0: You're listening to a Ford Strike production.
1: Thought we'd maximize baseball, prepared for a grand slam. Heard the umpire scream while the void burst from its dam. But our celebration was good, brief. Turns out necromancy isn't cheap. Now we're left worried, we'll lose players while we're asleep. There's no rules we can know for sure. The book's still unclear.
2: There's no show we forward here. Hello and welcome to Idleboard. I'm Eva and I use she her pronouns. In this podcast, I will be interviewing members of the Garages about their songs, the creation process, and possible inspirations. My guest for this episode is Garages band member Zachary. Thanks for coming on, Zachary. Can you tell us your pronouns, coffee style, and what song you'll be talking about with us today? Hey,
0: thanks so much for having me. Uh, My pronouns are he, him. My coffee style is the criminally underrated Cortado. Uh, Though some people think it's overrated. And we're talking about Don't Stay null today.
2: So, first off, when and why did you join the Garages?
1: Yeah,
0: so I joined in September. I went back through all my messages to look. um, But I did not uh, know a lot of the fan base before submitting music. I had just heard... The music that was already out there and was like this is really cool and I do music anyway Uh, so before I was even in like the discord or anything I had made a song and sent it in uh, during season six
2: awesome so what is your musical background outside of the garages
0: yeah I have been playing music since I was eight uh, when I started piano lessons and have just been doing it ever since uh, part of my college undergrad degree was in uh, classical voice. And I've been a part of lots of different music outlets from like church bands to uh, like homecoming dance things. Uh, and and then I've just made music uh, for my own enjoyment in my downtime, including uh, I was part of something called Significant Figures, Uh, which is a similar concept to the garages of a group of fan musicians making music about uh, the thing they're fans about, which is, in this case, Dimension 20, an actual play D&D campaign.
2: Awesome. I've I've been a fan of them for a while. I didn't realize they had their own, and that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: we're a little bit smaller uh, than (laughs) the garages, and by a little, I mean a lot, but it's still pretty fun.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. How did this song start?
0: It actually came from a conversation I was having with a friend about the chaos of of necromancy and the string of incinerations we were experiencing. They had said, uh, we created our own hell with uh, <laughs> a resurrection. And I said, okay, that's a song lyric. And so the first thing I wrote was now we live in a hell of our own creation and just kind of spun out from there into this, uh, I don't want to say anthem that might be too presumptuous, but a jam about like, we don't know what's going on and this is chaos and it's kind of our fault.
1: now we, we live, live in, in a hell of, of our, our own creation. creation. Our mayor is beaming more than Hendrix Richardson. Do you get it? He's, he's on the sunbeam. So we messed around and blasphemed a bit. Now the internet leaks all scared of getting hit. Could have used a financial advisor
2: before this dead. It's just too much. So obviously... Jalen's necromancy is a prominent part like of the song and it's also been a very prominent part of a lot of songs for the garages and for Blaise Ball as a whole. Why did you personally choose to write a song about that?
0: Yeah, for me it was the first major event that I had experienced with Blaise Ball. I joined uh, near the tail end of season five uh, and so The first big movement that I saw in Blaseball was the organization for necromancy and then the immediate effects of that. And so it was just this massive tumult of stories and of reactions and emotions to something that was very much a consequence of our own direct actions, which is like so much fodder to write about there's not enough words, not enough songs to cover those sorts of themes. So I figured I would throw my hat in the ring and try and carve out a little corner uh, for myself and just uh, make some art about it.
2: Yeah. Hubris is a very popular like trope when it comes to like art, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think what's interesting with the garages is we kind of, Uh, go both ways with that. We talk about the hubris of ourselves. And so we got a lot of that around necromancy. But then we also talk about the hubris of the gods and the power figures in the game and in life in general uh, and how it is the downfall of both sides, honestly.
2: Yeah, definitely. So for this piece... What were your musical inspirations?
0: Yeah, I definitely knew I wanted to steer more like pop punk sort of deal, Um, which has not been my typical history with music. I think I tend to go a lot more like singer songwriter sort of deal. Um, So with this one, I was like, the garages are in Seattle. They're like grungy and they've, they've got a rock vibe to them. So I really wanted to pull from more of a emo punk sort of vibe. So the, the things I were thinking about were like all American rejects and like a little bit of, um, I know they're not, uh, (laughs) not necessarily punk, but like Metro station and like these upbeat things that you want to move to, but also you're like, Oh, this is angsty. I get it.
2: Yeah. One thing that I felt was particularly angsty about the um, piece is the multiple spoken sections that you have in it. Why did you choose to add those?
0: Yeah, those were a last minute deal. Um, And part of it was just me playing around with uh, different settings in my DAW, my digital audio workstation being like, oh, this is a really cool sort of muffled voice effect. What can I do with this? And uh, ultimately, the idea of having commentary go throughout the song, uh, or at least the second verse is really where it focuses, uh, was kind of a cool thing for me, where it was like, we are getting to tell the story of these characters and in a way adopt their voices, but at the same time, uh, we are simply commentators. so getting to uh, throw those little snippets in was a fun way to throw my own voice into the hat, I suppose
2: So what effects do you usually use like outside of this song how do you how do you figure out which ones to use for this song for other songs like how does that process work?
0: I think it's sort of an even mix sometimes between going in with an idea and then just playing around once you're already in it. Uh, So for me, normally I just automatically throw some reverb on. I I want a little bit of an echo, a little bit more like of a, a dreamy sort of sound to what I'm recording. But in this case, I also wanted to have some drive going on with it. I knew there was an edge to this song. And so I wanted there to be like an edge to the sound as well. So I turned up some of the overdrive on some things and intentionally clipped some of the sounds uh, so that they would spike, which started out as an accident because I didn't set up my recording settings (laughs) correctly. And then I was like, okay, no, that sounds kind of neat. I think for me, outside of this sort of experiment of the garages, I tend to go like a little bit softer vibes, which I've touched on somewhat with some of my other songs, but uh, in this case, really wanted to dial up both settings and vibes that would give a little bit more intensity.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's really interesting how like, we have all of these artists who go in very different styles very much stepping out of their wheelhouse sometimes. Yeah. Like, we have artists who generally do more kind of singer-songwriter works doing punk music. We have artists who generally do punk doing country music. (laughs) It's very interesting because it's it's definitely a community-based band instead of, like, a genre-based band.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's been... For me, at least, and I think a couple other people I've talked to, it's been sort of freeing uh, to enter into this space where you have people you can bounce things off of and you can try things that you're not used to. uh, Because ultimately, it's not as much of a project that's focused on yourself. So you're not... I don't want to say you. So I'm not as concerned about the... like brandability or anything of it. I just want to make music that is fun and pushes me and uh, ultimately says something deeper about humans or about uh, experiences from this community. And this has been a really cool sort of just giant experiment in that way.
2: Yeah, so kind of on that basis, like, why Ball? What do you think it is about Baseball as a fandom that can bring together so many artists to create fan fiction, fan art, and even music?
0: Yeah, I think it's a couple factors. I think we're in a perfect sort of crucible for it in that a lot of people are having to spend more time indoors uh, and be at their screens. Uh, so there's just a lot more free time with which we can do this sort of art but then additionally i think Ball is this really unique combination of factors where it is just enough input for you to work from but then outside of that everything is fan driven and so it's this intensely already uh creative and collaborative community and so it's kind of just like a, a really enticing thing to want to get to be a part of, uh, to see someone else making something and that thing be received well and uh, and and to want to get to work with them and to push yourself a little bit further. So I think Blaseball has really touched on not just inspiration, but also a lot of the things that are frustrating to us about what is currently relevant in our lives. So we have this combination of a lot of free time because of the irresponsibility of the power systems in place. And then you have Blazeball, which is commenting on these power systems and the sort of inescapability of it and the the rough effects that innocent people have to go through because of it. And then additionally, just like an intensely creative and collaborative fan base. So I think it's just a perfect storm of of factors.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So kind of on that, how has the community reaction to the garages, what has that been like for you?
0: It's been extremely wild, <laughs> uh, I think. But I am not used to sharing my music as widely. I haven't really released... Much of my own stuff before because I haven't had a whole lot of time to practice it, and I I haven't been like in love with this sort of production quality that I've put out there before. But with the garages and being around so many people who have so many different skill sets, I've learned a lot and I've gotten to experiment a lot, and so uh, it's been really cool to be on this timeline where I'm just practicing and releasing frequently and to do it with the garages and to see people respond so well to not just my things but everyone's music has been really humbling and uh thrilling and just like builds anticipation to keep coming back to it. Uh to to know that there's people that want to listen, that there's a an audience who is committed to Consuming and responding to and sharing your things has been just extremely motivating and uh, gratifying.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like it's it's a really great community to be a part of. Um, but yeah. So lastly, what do you think is the most underrated song of the Garages? Not counting your own work, of course.
0: Yes, uh I think anything by Xanterbird uh is underrated. In particular, Stay Gold Mikey Boy has stayed in my head since the first time I listened to it. It just like it's my go-to shower song now. Uh so I think everyone should listen to more Xanterbird, but specifically Stay Gold Mikey Boy.
1: No
2: Thank you so much for joining us on Idleboard, a podcast where we interview members of The Garages, an anarcho-syndicalist baseball band from the fictional location of Seattle. We make songs about being gay, the apocalypse, and fighting the gods. And you can find our music at blandcamp.com with an L, Spotify, or on YouTube. We'll see you next week! Now, here's Don't Stay Null by Zachary of The Garages.
1: Thought we'd maximize baseball, prepared for a grand slam Heard the umpire scream while the void bursts from its dam But our celebration was cut brief Turns out necromancy isn't cheap Now we're left worried we'll lose players while we're asleep still unclear. There's no show we forward here. The ground is shaking under us. We're feeling unstable. I guess that happens when players don't stay, no. Now we live, we live in, in a hell, hell of, of our, our own creation. creation. beaming more than Hendrix Richardson Do you get it? He's, he's on the sunbeam So we messed around and blasphemed a bit Now the internet leaks am scared of getting hit Could've used a financial advisor before this dead. It's just too much There's no rules we can know For sure, the book's still unclear Showing forward here, the ground is shaking under us, feeling unstable. I guess that happens when players don't say no. to their teams, there's no rules we can, no for sure the books still are clear, there's no sure way forward here, the ground is shaking, under us we're feeling unstable, guess that happens and players don't stay don't stay, no.
2: chow. Idleboard is edited by Ada Quinn, Bones, Jennifer Cat, Nerdy Sims, and Zachary. The show is hosted by Aoife, produced by Tangerine Velveteen, transcribed by Crafter Aya and Mary, and written by Aoife and Tangerine Velveteen. That was a Four Strike production.